0: Welcome, once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm
1: Thomas. And I'm Chris. Filling in for Jim today.
0: Chris is. Chris is filling in for Jim today. Jim is on a break, and it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to Jim. And uh, Chris is uh, phoning in from Arizona, uh, where it's in the hundred and teens. (laughs) Welcome to right? Minnesota's <laughs> 60 Degrees. Uh, so uh, we're going to uh, discuss a few different things, um, but one of the things uh, Chris wanted to talk about is uh, we said goodbye to Allery's, and uh, Chris was uh, there for a lot of years. He was one of their uh, near originals. And, um, well, Chris, uh, go ahead and uh, kick it off, man. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I, I, I came later than some, and I, I really um, I had to say first – You know, the kind of the goodbye that you and Jim did was really wonderful. I learned a lot. Uh, I I laughed uh, So many shared memories and stuff like that. And I think you really tapped into what it was that, you know, no doubt it was a dime, right? (laughs) Uh, There's plenty of things, but... You know, it, it was our dive and it was a place where we had uh, to share experiences that's where one of the reasons I enjoy listening to the podcast that it takes me back to where I still feel like I'm sitting at the bar having the conversation with everybody that's why I love you know the opportunity to to be on and fill in and and, and thank you for that and you know I, I think about all the people all that um that, that I got to know and become good friends with. And I started writing down everyone and wanted to give them a shout out. And I realized, damn, I'm going to forget so many more people. But, <laughs> you know, truly to everyone that was there, uh, thank you for truly some of the best years of my life. I think it's exciting, uh, this new uh, chapter in Bears fans in Minnesota history. Uh, <laughs> just thinking all the the, the funny things uh, with allergies. Uh I remember there was that guy. He was a big Jets fan, but he would come in and just start cheering every time for the Packers. Every time it was Bears Packers, and his justification was, "Well, Vince Lombardi was from New Jersey, like me." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like these people that it was just such a random, you know, uh, crosshatch of human cross section of humanity. <laughs> of humanity. Uh, you know, I. I met a guy who I'm assuming was a pimp. Uh, you know, that was like the first pimp that I at least knowingly met. Uh, he told me he was the manager for one of the uh, waitresses there. And I didn't really want to ask anymore what that meant. I was just going to ride with it at that. Um, I remember the crown crown their asses game where I'm sitting there and, and I've got coworkers in Florida on some trade show. They keep calling and texting just harassing me just harassing me the whole game and then of course <laughs> mike brown <laughs> mike brown happens and i call up call him up put him on speaker and i start going kevin sucks the next thing you know the whole bar even those that don't know what else is going on start chanting kevin sucks kevin sucks kevin sucks uh, yeah, you know, it, it just—it was funny, and I was—I uh, remember I had a friend that was from out of town, and he visited and was saying what a great place it was, just because it was that energy, it was that spirit there. Uh, I remember <laughs> I was walking to my car, and he called me up after the game. How was it? Oh, all this stuff, because uh, it was just a couple weeks after he had been out there. All of a sudden, there's a fight outside, and. I'm not sure if it was there was of a few our, of those,
0: weren't there? There was
1: a few of those, yeah. Not just guys, too. So that's what <laughs> uh, the colorful fabric of the place. But uh, on the phone talking to him, I said, Well, yeah. Now you know. Now there's a fight. And Al Junior walks out. and Goes. God damn it! Why'd you have to call the cops? Looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> no this is my my friend he came last week i've been talking to him i think that's probably the only conversation i ever had with <laughs> the only one that i can really remember so it was just uh it was just a great uh great time and um thank you again to everyone truly uh for just uh, an, an amazing uh time that i have and uh, looking forward to this next chapter and tom uh i think probably a lot of the Listeners know, but do
0: you want to? Oh yeah, catch, sure. Big news. So yeah, if you didn't hear um, on the broadcast by Lavelle this week, uh, Lavelle was on PA and uh, announced uh, that we're that the Bears' new Bears bar quote uh, <laughs> will be at the Ox Cart, which is. Right down the street from Allery's, it's uh, by St. Paul St. Stadium, the official Lowerton area. And uh, I've I've been there one time, but it was a really long time ago. But it looks like, uh, I'm looking at the pictures of it, it's a big arcade. I didn't know that part of it. And then there's uh, a huge rooftop bar area. So... I, I don't know what uh what that's gonna look like once once that arrives. It will be certainly uh interesting, maybe a bit disorienting <laughs> to to drive over there. Um because I'll 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 take the exact same route that I used to take to go to Allery's, you know? But I'll be going and showing up at some place completely different. You know, that that part of it is really is going to be really strange, too, is uh, going to, you know, waking up on Sunday, getting ready to go to the bar, and not going to the bar, because the bar doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, but the new place, um, it, it, I, the way I understand it, uh, well, Lavelle found it, and Lavelle is a guy that is in the know, uh, and uh, apparently the owner is, Really hyped about having us over there, which is nice because we certainly had some mixed emotions over the last couple of years at Allery's. Uh, because you know, well, I mean, after after Al Senior died uh, and then Al Junior died, uh, you know, those those were the that was the heart right. of the bar. And, uh, you know, it's it's a natural progression. I certainly uh, don't have ill feelings towards the owner of Allery's that he's doing this. He's a businessman, and he did keep the bar in place for a, a few years. So, but, um, yeah, it'll just be a strange experience to go to an entirely new place uh, to to watch the games now. i the uh, Also, the interesting thing is uh, the change now from DirecTV to YouTube. Uh, right. You won't have to have a satellite dish to have uh, Ticket anymore. Now, did you have Ticket?
1: I did have Ticket, yeah. And so I'm actually <laughs> canceling my DirecTV and sending it to YouTube.
0: <laughs> How does DirecTV even survive without uh, the Ticket? Uh,
1: We've been. I've been talking on on uh, you know various various message boards because I thought it was happening last year. Uh, oh, is really what what it looked like, but they were able to manage to keep it for one more year, and then it was who's going to get it. And by well, who's going to cough up the most money, right? Right, and by all accounts, it sounded like it. I from what I heard from a lot of people it was going to be Amazon, and and Apple was kind of the dark horse and then google youtube gets it which is kind of amazing and it sounded like amazon was actually willing to pay more but they wanted to have the subscriptions less or something like that it, it was uh, huh. it was an article as to kind of the, how that happened but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting now so that that more places can do it and i i, I was looking at oxcart the pictures online and it looks like a really cool place and i looked to that it was a place that. Um, didn't open on Sundays usually until kind of late afternoon, early evening. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: this will be an kind of entirely a new aspect
1: of it. For for you know for 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 wanting to um, be a part of you know reaching out to a group of people, I think it's a great business decision. Uh, truly, a lot of uh, props to Lavelle because I feel he really single-handedly almost, uh, ran with it. <laughs> or at least
0: he pretty much did. One he was, uh, excited. as soon as he got the information that, uh, <clears throat> about how things were proceeding, which was pretty spotty when it first started coming out. Right. Um, and then, uh, it went from being spotty to happening all at once. And, uh, yeah, he immediately took it over. Um, and, it, it was. It, it's good that uh, that happened because Lavelle knows people in the bar industry. You know, he's well connected because of his time with uh, the Star Tribune, and so he knows a lot of people in general. And so yeah. I feel like he was by far the best person to to go look uh, at what would be a be, the best bet for us. He knows what we, he he knows yeah. what would be a good fit, and he also had a good picture of what we will bring to the table.
1: Right. And he's been, from his time on on KFAD, he's been the preeminent Bears fan in Minnesota as far as the most recognizable yeah. to it. So, yeah, it's Great. Right? I mean, I'm sure he's probably going to have uh, a great line on some allocated bourbon. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully... Uh, Him in charge. But yeah, no. Uh, really I don't fantastic. think he ever got
0: Charchian over at over at Allery's. I should ask him about that. I mean, I do remember when uh, Pa and Dubay came over there uh, the one time, and and I think he's brought other people in there too. But
1: oh yeah, uh, Doogie Wolfson was there. I remember in, in my time talked with him for a while. God, good guy. I mean, all really good guys.
0: Yeah, you know. yeah. But. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, and also you know uh, it's you know it, it's not very far from Mallory. So what will be interesting to see is how we can manage somehow, maybe getting some of those people that just randomly show up to where the bar is or was, and now get them over to the new place because you know that's bound to happen. So. Oh, yeah
1: rent a billboard for
0: a bit yeah (laughs) just put up a neon sign go to the right (laughs) speaking of which i wonder what they'll do with the sign oh yeah i mean that thing's big
1: you know i mean
0: uh, Al. al paid a fortune for that thing he wouldn't tell me exactly how much he paid for it but i mean i remember when that whole thing happened and uh yeah, I was asking him about, it and he was like, "Oh, I paid a lot for that thing." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Tom, you you don't know I paid for a lot for that thing. So, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so one of the things that uh, we I wanted to get your take on is uh, some of the the recent. Um, Things that have been going on with the Bears, uh, I think a good place to kick it off. You and I and were talking about this briefly. Uh, was uh, is the news about DeAndre Hopkins? Um, you know, the, uh, obviously, Bears fans will be interested uh, simply because you know some saw him as a good asset to bring into the wide receiver core. Um, what, what were your what were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's. He's one of those guys on that list of guys that were never bears, but I really loved watching him play. Yeah, uh, he's he, uh, he's on that list for that. By all accounts, like a really good, good guy. So I think, from you know, a character uh, standpoint, from the fact that you know, thirty thirty one isn't what it was, I guess, for athletes anymore. When, right. When you look at and, and others, but uh, I think. From a fit, it's just it's it's that it's that piece probably more for the twenty twenty four off season that it's it's we talked about Julio Jones and he's probably at that same stage in Julio Jones's career where Julio signed with uh the Bucks, but they had Brady, they had, you know, uh Godwin and Evans, so everything was made so it was kind of that last piece. We're still not at that last piece. I mean, we are still a three and fourteen team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that yeah we've made moves. I think the moves, the development, all that. It's I think we're going to be surprisingly competitive, but we're still a year away from being ready for that kind of move. It was just even when we were talking about Saquon Barkley, I love Saquon Barkley, but we're not at that point now. And yeah. So,
0: and Barkley to me made more sense simply because he's twenty five. Uh, you know, and he's he's getting ready to move right into his prime. So if we brought him in for three or four years, you're looking at a player that's 28 or 29 when he's leaving. So, uh, but, you know, this is a player that's well over 30, uh, as you mentioned. Um, and that's not to say he's not still a great player. His numbers were still really good in his shortened season last year. And certainly the year before that, they're among the best in the league. But I just don't feel like he's a, a good fit with the core, uh, the way it stands right now. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about was, you know, Mooney coming in. Um, that, that's been pretty big buzz coming out of Chicago because, I mean, he's certainly he's a favorite of ours, you and, you and I. Right. And, uh, you know, we want to see that, uh, you know, he, he got kind of gypped last year. We, we thought we would see because he put in a, so much work. Uh, during the off season, uh, with Comet and Fields, uh, and uh, you know he he just the he the injury made him uh, he didn't, he never seemed fully healthy to me. Right. So you know yeah. I I think I I think that's the kind of player that is a bigger focus than somebody bringing in a, like a high ticket a big name free agent.
1: Right, and 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 that's the thing too that. You have Mooney and Claypool that are are both due that are coming up for that. So you kind of want to see what how they're going to work, how they're going to fit, how are they going to take that step that all of a sudden now Mooney is back to being a number two. And when he was a number two in twenty twenty one, I think he had like thousand yards and and eighty catches, something like that. And that was playing number two behind. The shell of Dallin Robinson that we once, you know. I
0: mean, let's be realistic. He was really the only option.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. but then you have Claypool, who I think has always been a better, better, third guy too. And this is this is another deep. From what I've been hearing, this is a deep draft at wide receiver too. So I think you want to see what you have with these guys and make that decision. And if if both of them hit great, and we. We don't. We k- still keep on picking third-round or fourth-round wide receivers with upside that have certain traits and, and add those into the pool. That's great. And and if not, then, yeah, we probably spend one of those first picks on, uh, you know, one of the Ohio State wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> what is
0: that Um, – what is the second wide receiver? Not – What's the other guy other than Harrison? <laughs> oh,
1: sure. It's because I was just listening to something about it. It's, is it
0: Amike? Um, Amike um, or something?
1: Uh, Amike? Amika Abakwa?
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah. And so... Um, anyway,
0: it's close enough for me.
1: <laughs> where they, they were doing comps and they, they actually got... Uh, uh, Harrison and Abakwa got compared to the, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase uh, tandem when they were at LSU. Wow. And... And that might be right. And there's a, there's I, they're, they're saying it's probably at least five guys right now that they're figuring probably have first-round grades. So, you know, it's going to be a good thing. So if it doesn't, I mean, you want to see it that. It's like it's a guy you invested. It's a great story. Talked about the hard work. I don't know if you saw a picture of him recently since I guess he couldn't run because of leg injury. He's just been doing, like, better must be bench pressing and doing curls like nobody's business because he looks he looks <laughs> he's ripped, just jacked <laughs> it, yeah but decided that you know we're gonna know in a couple of weeks here you know like less than two weeks but he's expecting to be back for training camp and that's that's exciting
0: yeah um i you know i i have i i've seen some of the the photos of him uh he looks good uh it, it's it's just awesome to have him back in the fold um, and yeah, you're right. It would be awesome if both of them uh, hit. And that's a, that's a distinct prob- uh, possibility. Uh, we just don't know enough about the offense yet overall to see how that, uh, how, how that challenge is going to work out. Not to mention, you know, one thing that maybe isn't talked about enough is it's been a long time since we've had a true one. I mean, seriously, it it really goes back to Brandon Marshall, as far as I'm concerned. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is the first time we we have a we have an offensive coordinator that is actually going into his say it with me second season in a row. Yes, consecutively, two in a row. Uh, we have um, we have a quarterback that actually gets to work with the same guy two years in right. a row. Um, so while I why I'm being facetious there, not really so much if you really look close at, at what we've dealt with as far as that combination is concerned. One of the things that always uh, drew my attention away when when people would talk about Green Bay is that number four and number 12 both got to work with the same guys forever there. And I, I always felt like that, that was something that was so huge. Those guys essentially became on-field coaches, you know, because they had such a a long-standing, close relationship with the people that were designing and overall calling the plays that when those kind of things happened, they got to to be out there and really have a complete feel of where their personnel were going to be. And when you have that kind of feel you get that second sense of what is going on downfield, even though you might not be able to see it. And that certainly helps you pull off some of the quote-unquote magic that they would have when they would chuck the ball downfield and you're like, where the heck is that going? And, you know, Jordy Nelson is by himself 40 yards downfield, right? So, you know, I'm not saying that that's a guarantee, but I'm saying it certainly helps.
1: Well, yeah, I think... we probably have, I would say, the most continuity on a staff for a team coming off four wins or less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but. Uh, they're,
0: they're, <laughs> I'd love to be able to look that up because I think you're right.
1: Yeah. Um, but th- there is a thing for that continuity that uh, the wife and I just started uh, watching Quarterback on Netflix. I have thought about this? that. Oh, it is – we're about halfway through, and it is, is fantastic. So it, it goes through the whole 2022 season, uh, pretty much unfettered access to uh, Pat, Pat Mahomes. Uh,
0: Kirk Cousins.
1: and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and it's amazing because you see someone uh, like Cousins. Cousins has been around for a while. And uh, that O'Connell – I think it's O'Connell who's the coach yeah. and essential the offensive coordinator – worked with them in Washington. So there should be probably a high level of familiarity with that, uh, with the offense and things like that. And you think someone like Cousins, who's been around for what now? Uh, I mean, he got drafted you know, with RG3. Was he got sorry. 10 seasons? Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, 9 or 10. So you think at that point, yeah, you, they've seen it all, they know it all, it should be easy, but there's these – differences in terms and just little things with concepts and all that and watching them break it down. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's so great.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I i actually was looking at that yesterday and I was like, yeah, that is going to go on my list. It, it just because I think it'll be interesting to watch. But one thing I think that kind of goes by the wayside uh, with pro sports in general is if you look at it, in the way you look at um, uh, any business, you know, I mean, because that's what they're in, right? I mean, when it comes right down to it, that's what they're in. They're in. They're in the entertainment business, right. and they, I mean, they approach their jobs just like anybody else approaches that their, their their jobs, right? They have to learn the system, right? Well, when I, you know, when you go to a new job, uh, you know, you, you like at my last job, I had to learn an entirely new. Kind of software that literally was a part of every single part of the company: sales, accounting, management, uh, you know, um, personnel, uh, client database. Uh, every single it touched every single part of the company. Inventory management. You have to learn that, and I, I, right. I you know, of course, since I was in sales, that's where my focus was. But I still had general knowledge in all the rest of those areas as well. Right. Well, they have to do all those same things, too, just like a just like anybody else. And I think that kind of falls by the wayside, but it's like, yes, they need time to learn that stuff. Obviously, just like you, I had to learn my piece of software, and I knew it a lot better my second year at the company than I did my first year at the company. Well that's one of the things that i you know i'm excited to see when it comes to the continuity that you were talking about because we get to see fields work with getsey and see that development not to mention that last year we had a bunch of fill-ins around him as far as the offense was concerned right I don't care what level they were at, they're all pros, right? Right. So they're all going out there practicing the same way. They're pros, they want to do good at their jobs, right? But now we have better personnel. So getting the chance to not only work with the guys that you had alongside of you previously, but now work uh, alongside the guys that you have who are obviously better players, you know, that, that gives you new opportunities.
1: Right. Exactly. Nope. couldn't have said it better. It's, it's 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 a great parallel between what we call our regular work. Right. Right. Yeah, Because I tell people when I hire someone on, I I tell them the first month you're going to be drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be that much, and at about maybe three months, the pieces as they fit. No matter, you know whether you come from the industry or not, everybody does it a little different. The systems are different. All of these things, it just, it takes a bit. And that, that's one of the things I think we always talk about. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think there's been a, a little bit of a revisionist history or people maybe love Cutler a little more than they <laughs> <laughs> used to, um, you know, when you were in the moment. Uh, I I feel like he's become a little more popular with Bears fans, uh, all of that type of stuff. But one of the things when the Cutler uh, era was happening that you and I were talking about was you didn't have continuity. Mm -hmm. None. I I think he had maybe one offensive coordinator stay for more than a year. Yeah. uh, You know, when he was first traded for, it was. Oh, we don't need a lineman. We got a quarterback who went to the Pro Bowl. He's just going to elevate the team. It's not how that works. It's you need a mix of both. That <clears throat> early on, you know, I, I think later in the year or later in their career, quarterbacks can elevate mediocre talent to a degree. Sure. Be- they know. They know all the ins and outs. They can teach. They're basically, like you said, a coach on field, but. When you're young, when you're still learning, you need those pieces around you. That's yes. why teams that are smart, that they're if they're investing in this quarterback, that they're investing in you know, trying to get a stud wide receiver, trying to get that line there, trying to get a running game to take the pressure off, all those type of things. And it never really felt like, with the exception of maybe that one <laughs> very brief stretch, that never really did that with Cutler yeah it,
0: absolutely. It
1: had, right things where maybe he wasn't quite the leader or whatever or is liked or beloved as some of these other guys are, but still, they didn't do a lot to put him in a good position either.
0: You know though um, and, and I certainly think that's uh, that's theres there's real um, legit uh, credit towards that. That yeah, he, he wasn't a friendly guy. He does he doesn't strike anybody as a friendly guy, and I'm sure he wasn't that way. But the way I understand it, the what I always heard, um, and you know, this came, you know, some information came from guys like Brian Urlacher and and uh, Olin Krutz, right? And those two guys don't BS all that much. They're they're, they're about as they're they're about as subtle as a ball peen hammer, you know. So, um, but. Uh, you know, they both said that uh, Cutler worked super hard while he was mm-hmm. while, while he was there, and that when he was on the field, it was his game, right? He was running the show. Well, it's like you said, for all his for all his eccentricities or whatever, however you want to refer to it, we we had him in Chicago to play football. Not to be our friend, you know, and the the fact that he that, that he was kind of a jackass. Well, so what, you know? I mean, he wasn't. At the same time, he, it wasn't like he was out there committing crimes or anything.
1: He was just
0: right. he was a jerk. But he the he was way the
1: most personable guy, you know. Oh well,
0: team teammates did seem to respect that guy though, and that's a different that's a different thing, and that was because. He was always there, and I'll, I'll tell you, when you go back and you watch some of those those uh, plays from back in the day, and you watch the kind of punishment that guy took when he was uh, uh, when he was playing, it was it was kind of surprising that he didn't sometimes have just these phantom injuries because man, he he took a beating when he was there. Now, uh, could he have um, elevated the team more? Of course. This isn't a... It's not a plus-minus system. It's not ones and zeros. It's it's a bunch of guys, and you have to have, have to have a lot of pieces working. But I feel like the amount of continuity that we're seeing now hasn't been seen since maybe maybe the 06 team. The 06 team had a lot of continuity. Um, you know, it, it was... If you're looking at lacking, certainly Rex Grossman was not that great of a quarterback. Uh, but otherwise, you have to go all the way back to to the vaunted teams of the 80s. And that was one of the things that, that exactly happened. Was that Dicka said, I'm going to make this my team. I will come and work for you, George Hallis. But this is going to be my team. And Hallis saw... That in this guy, who he knew well, said, "You know, what, I see that, and I see that you're. That's what you're gonna you're gonna bring, and that's what, exactly what he did. He built a team that was that had continuity all throughout both sides and special teams, and it was it was one of the best teams in history. I mean, as far as we're concerned, it's the best team right. in history, right? <laughs> but um and I, I think we're both in agreement too that we should have won the Super Bowl in '86. If 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 the leader, the one of the leaders of the team doesn't get, you know, doesn't get body slammed along the way, I think right. that that team is unbeatable the rest of the way. That that being said, the team had that continuity for several years. The '84, '85, '86, '87, '88 teams all were good, good teams. Yeah. Right. And those
1: teams might have not even have been as talented uh, as as other rosters. That a lot of I mean, I think when you look at those 87, 88, 89, you know, as you kind of go, the, we started losing yeah. players. You know, started losing players, but pieces started pieces
0: started getting called away.
1: Still enough talent, still enough continuity that you know the players knew each other and all that, and they 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 were probably more than the sum of their party. Parts, you know, absolutely that standpoint, and it that's really funny because you you talk about and I think there's that story that when he took over, he said, Um, all right, look to your left, look to the right. Those one, you know, one of you three are two of those three are not going to be around, or something to that effect. That you know, by the time we win the Super Bowl, most of you guys aren't going to be right,
0: (laughs) right. Now, fortunately he came in right right at the time that, you know, um
1: they 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 kind of put the, the started to put the last pieces to the puzzle together too, though.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I just I I mean that we have the lack of that has been apparent when you look at I I've, I've started to look more at the bears um just in the in the twenty first century, right? The twenty first century bears Sim- simply because um, you know it's easy to go back to uh, to the the bears of uh, yesteryear that were the, were the best among the best teams in the history of the NFL. But I mean that really was a long time ago now, and it's like I, I, what I want to look at now as far as comparison is looking at the twenty first century uh, because this is. This is what we've dealt with in the most recent history, right. and it, and when you're when you're looking at that, actually a lot has happened with the with the team in the 21st century as far as change goes. Most of it not good, but it's changed nonetheless. That's the way change mm-hmm. works, right? And but when you do get to jump back to the 80s teams, right? To what was the best seasons since the early days of Hallas is you get to see somebody that came in that had focus and had a determination to build something and i feel um like polls has that whether he's successful or not i'm not that's that's not a comment on that it's about the the image that he is putting out there that he has had since he first started and that is I am going to build something for the future. Right. Don't look at us to be great next year because it's right. not going to happen. If, if you're looking for that, you're looking at the wrong thing. I want to see a championship team in you know, 24, 25, 26. I want to see this team have, be really good for a long time, just like the team he left.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because you talk about that and it's all those pieces and it it's kind of interesting too because you know I, I was telling you I was since it was kind of forty years ago I started looking at the eighty three draft you know which is kind of the the best draft in Bears history arguably one of the best and kind of the interesting certainly thing, my vote yeah I mean if you look at that our first seven picks were all starters on the Super Bowl team yeah that's Amazing. Now obviously it was a twelve round draft, so you maybe had a little more options, but uh you know, what I find interesting too is uh that was like Finx's last draft.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Finks had quit actually the eighty three draft was his last draft, but he quit in eighty two. Hmm. <laughs> but he finished out the draft. And the reason he quit in uh, 82 was because he wasn't, in, wasn't consulted on the Ditka hiring. So <laughs> think, think about what that could have been like. Cause I think we all kind of assume, Oh my gosh, thanks did the purple people leaders. And he kind of you know, put together the, a lot of the pieces of you know, the, the 85 team, which he did, but there were still, you know, two years of pieces that he didn't put together. And it sure. was just, you know, it was kind of amazing. And, and that focus that it, you look just how this team was kind of built. And I think it's funny because it, the, the first seven picks it's, you know, Tim Colbert, <laughs> Willie Gull, uh, Mike Richardson, Dave Dorsey, Tom Thayer, Richard Tent, Mark Ports. It's insane. Re- then the next five guys are um, what was the quote we had? <laughs> like, uh, I've never even heard of me. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: even, you know, uh, Rob Feta got Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know, Mark Zagoon, <laughs> linebacker in order. It just goes on and on. And it's funny because, you know, even in that, even in a draft where we nailed it, and I think we're going to, you know, it's going to be kind of fun to look at polls with this because you always have yeah. to okay, I would have liked to go on and got this guy instead. You know, that, okay, Willie Galt was great, but he did pass on, you know, Joey Browner, Dan Marino, Daryl Green, Henry Aller, Mark Clayton, Roger Craig, Derek Keller, right. Charles Mann. And there were guys, uh, you know, like Carl Mecklenburg that went round eleven, you know, that were longtime started. Anthony Carter was like the last pick of the draft, and I think he played for the Vikings for ten years. So it's just funny that even if you nail it too, there's so many things with the benefit of hindsight that it's there. Now I get you don't pick Dan Marino because you just picked McMahon. You know, number five overall the previous year. That's I right. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you like the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> it's like take Rosen and then you take Kyler, but which that, was
0: unprecedented.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, you but know the, of- the the
0: the thing is, is that um, and it, it, it's interesting that you mentioned about the twelve round draft because. Um, to me, they actually have a better deal now um, because now you can actually target guys that you're pretty sure are going to be undrafted free agents and go get those guys after the draft, right? Um, but uh, it, 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 to me, that opens up the spectrum more because they're not picked already, you know. But um, uh, however you look at it, I mean, even if they got rid of uh, round seven, uh, even round six, it's not going to be a huge effect on uh, on the draft overall. People know that the, yeah,
1: yeah, and both games and everything that that you know, yeah, are get and your scout your teams your your scouting department is so much bigger that it's like everything else. It, the the guy that comes out of nowhere, you know, is is a lot less likely.
0: Mm-hmm. Just well. One of the things that I've uh, liked uh, in these in the just these last two drafts, and I, I think that it's uh, it, that it's interesting that that Polls is uh, taking this um, strategy is his. Uh, I'm going to throw a whole bunch of guys at one spot uh, <laughs> and see what you know and see what happens. Right, the splatter effect. Right, you know I, I'm going to throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And you know it. it it, it last year it worked out pretty well, uh, as far as the offensive line was concerned, as far as getting guys that he felt like were gonna be able to translate into the into the next year. One of the guys that um uh Jim and I have been talking about recently was uh Kramer, Doug Kramer from Illinois, right? To see if, you know, maybe that guy he's still on the team. And right. you know so There must be something there that the team is, uh, you know, looking at and saying, you know, this guy could still be of value to us. Now, uh, you know, currently, it it sounds like the offensive line is pretty set. Um, I mean, you know, we are talking about a growing group of of players and coaches, right? So we'll, we'll have to see how things proceed, but it certainly seems like the starting five are... Are pretty well cemented. Now, Mm -hmm. I think what the the one position that may still be in play more than others is center. Um, Of course, also we're going to have to see what happens during you know regular training camp because we all know how that goes. But if they are able to at least make a cohesive unit and, like you said, keep some of that continuity. Right there, we're ahead of most of the teams of the last 20 years. I mean, that was, it's, it's the truth. You know, one huh? of the things that is interesting is the 2016 that went to the Super Bowl, all five guys started all, all 16 guy, right. games. You know, if, you know, Jim and I have said it many times on the, on the podcast, if we go into that Super Bowl and we still have Mike Brown and Tommy Harris playing, that is a oh. different game. Right? Oh
1: yeah, even one of them, I think.
0: Yeah, even one of them. but that's not what happened, right? right? And 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 so you know that that is football. A big part of football is injuries happen all the time, much more so than any other sport because of how how rough the game can be. So, but the, when you do, when you are able to lock in that kind that kind of continuity, it does make the whole system run so much better.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and when you look at it too, even the idea of the, the splatter effect that you. The other thing is number one, you're getting competition. Number two is it's it's not a twenty two man <laughs> roster, right? You <laughs> right. Backups, you're going to need those things, especially on the. Li- I mean, especially on the defensive line. I don't think any defensive lineman plays every snap. They play a lot, you know. Uh, I'm it's, sure Aaron Donald off the field very often, but he's still sick. spelled. Yeah. There's still certain packages, certain things like that. So, getting, you know, Pickens after you took, um, oh gosh, uh, Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and whether they play next to each other or just rotate, I still think it's a great thing. Great, yeah. you, you need that.
0: They have and, five and, new and, interior linemen. Five! Right. I mean, I think, I think that's th- great.
1: Th- and I'm thinking with the offensive line too. I feel like kind of the the, the backup five linemen are kind of set too. Yeah, to a degree.
0: Yeah. to, to yeah. a degree. Yes, uh, I mean we could end up with uh, like you know Larry Borm as a as a swing tackle, which he certainly seems capable of doing that. Or um, you know, uh, Jim mentioned uh, last week. You, you know, I, we're both super excited. Uh, about right and i have a feeling you are too and oh, gotcha. and you know uh, if he is super successful uh, at at right tackle do you look at moving him to left tackle if Braxton Jones doesn't work out i don't know i actually i mean i hope that doesn't happen because i hope Braxton Jones is you know steps up his game even more but the fact that but coming out of this this next season if we can come out of that And have those kind of questions? That's a question that they haven't had in a long time.
1: Right. Exactly. It's 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 just good. I mean, and and it's it's funny too that uh, you know you were talking about Braxton. I think Braxton, uh, uh, Jenkins, and one other lineman. I I was reading an article. They're at this kind of lineman only camp. Oh, really. it's kind of, It was. It was. I want to say it was almost like a think tank, and it was just about. And, and it was just exciting to read some of the comments from Jenkins about how he's just excited to play left guard, and uh, Jones telling about all the work that he's putting into it. And it's like that's great. And if we get guys that are nipping at their heels, that makes them go better. If they're out because injuries are unavoidable, and someone steps in, it's great. It. You know. Like I said, we're still three and fourteen coming off that. Yeah, but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of positive things. There's a lot of things where, um, I mean, honestly, we were three and fourteen last year, and I think damn near every game was entertaining for me. <laughs> and, uh, and
0: except for the Redskins game, probably. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Or but we've got
0: the uh, Commanders game.
1: Right, but you look at where we went from holes last year to like, okay, everybody knows we probably need.
0: At minimum, another defenseman. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. And, I, and to me, to look at a defensive end right now, it's a big incomplete. Uh, it's not even close to being the way we need it to be, to be uh, a, a true competitor among the very best in the NFL to win a championship. You've got to have somebody there that is truly dominant. And, and, it, 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 and it needs to be somebody that's homegrown. A.K.A. Right. Richard Dent, you know, right. even to uh, e- even to um, a certain extent, Alex Brown, right? right. Those those are guys that that were brought in and they were they were grown right from the right from the get go, and they became great as as part of Chicago football, and we, you know. Th- you can't you can't bring in greatness the way we brought tried to bring in mac and peppers it doesn't work that way. We were ignoring major other areas to to put resources there
1: it's 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 treating this player as a missing piece rather than uh you know which like that they're the last thing missing yes and If there was a defensive end that was out there that was worth the money, that was a free agent, and that was fit the age description, I mean, there's good ones out there. There's some damn good ones out there, but, you know, the 33, 35, 36, it it doesn't fit. So you're burning the money. You're you're not getting reps for these young guys who might or might not be starters but could be solid rotational pieces, but you're not going to know because you're throwing – You know, that kind of money and someone else. Right. And, and and, like at the same time, we also, polls have been very honest that this is a rebuild, that it's going to be a bit, it's going to do that. But right now, I have not seen anything that makes me doubt him. That I I, I look from where we were um, as far as talent, as far as the financials, as far as draft picks. Before he came on to where we are, you know, a year and a half later. Think about this. We have an extra first, fourth, and second, you know, in, in coming drafts. You know, we have all our picks, plus... We have in his concert.
0: third draft!
1: Right, right. It's like, and we have more talent. We have a lot of young talent. We don't have a lot of overpriced veterans. Uh, we're probably going to have the most amount of cap space next year i don't doubt that he takes a lot of this money that he still has to spend because there's that um not just the uh the contract but it's also the signing bonuses and all that that go into that money because we still have whatever we're under the cap we still have 10 million more than that if not maybe 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. that we actually have to spend in actual dollars by the end of the year so, that can go to the stuff with like signing bonuses and things like that. So, I think he's gonna get creative with these contracts where um, Mooney, Komet, all these guys, you know, are gonna get a pretty good contract, but it's also gonna be very favorable where the biggest brunt of it probably hits this year. We're still in good cap situation in
0: 2024. So, um, uh, on that note, uh... Is there any particular player that you think gets signed this year?
1: That's that's a good question because I know you guys had talked about that, and I found myself kind of doing the, the mental reps on right that as well. Uh,
0: I think we we kind of came to the uh, to the conclusion that we we think that the best chances come at.
1: I would say yes because you look; he's still so young. Um, like it takes three years typically for a tight end to develop when they're not coming in as young as as Comet. Right, most starting their their numbers at 27, 28 and I think he's what twenty five. I think, or, or maybe 25. he's twenty four. So from that, from the fact that that is a position that's kind of growing in importance, he's, uh, you know, he, I would say he's at least a quality blocker. Uh, I have yeah, uh, definitely. I've, got him on, I've had him on a fantasy team, so I've been more concerned about his <laughs> production there than his blocking. But the fact that he's on the um, – the fact that I think he's definitely, you know, would start for a number of teams. Yeah, yeah he's I 24. He, I think he okay, – yeah, so I think he's – he would be the odds-on favorite. And I think the rest, it just all really depends on what, what the number is. Because we were talking about that before we started, that Poles has that um, – Roquan, I want you back. You are worth X amount. I'm not going over. This is the reason, and I and I, I have the feel. Just like we were interested in uh, McGlinchey, but it's like, nope. We got McGlinchey at let's say he's no better than 13 million a year. Maglinsky wanted 18. You're signing elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, that's where I think that's where the Mooney comes in. Um, I think Mooney from coming off injury, you know, I think. I think his is just a little bit different. I think if he was healthy, yeah. You know, I think they're thinking if he's showing. I could see it, Mooney getting done in camp though. That if we're seeing enough in camp that he's come back, Mooney is probably second uh, Jalen. I I don't know because I think he's I think he's a damn good cornerback. Yeah. I do. I think you know people are like, well, he doesn't have you know he doesn't have that many interceptions or whatever, but. You know, if I'm the quarterback, am I going after <laughs> Jalen Johnson? Jalen Johnson? Or am I going against the guy that got signed, you know, from the Super America gas station? <laughs> it is. You know, I don't, I don't think, are those even around anymore? But uh, a little local for the listeners. Holiday, okay. Uh, but it's it's one of those things. And the guy can hold his own pretty well. Yeah. Um, so oh, he's, he's
0: certainly a good player uh a uh, uh great player maybe but um the well when i've commented on him is just that i think he plays a little big headed uh now uh, do i care about that not really um what i care about is their production on the field and i i think that he does do well but sometimes i wonder how much uh his overconfidence uh affects his on field play as far as being able to you know execute against the very best players on the opposite side in other words the very best receivers that are on the field so
1: and I think this is a big year to to kind of see that that obviously there's not going to be the pass but you look health obviously always the 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 caveat but you look at our Safety safeties, our starting safeties, our starting corners, and our nickel corner. I mean there's no reason that
0: I think it's a solid group.
1: It's gonna be a very solid group and I think you're gonna get and I think you're gonna get enough of a pass rush or whatever from what you do have from the interior, right? That enough where the quarterback's not gonna sit there forever. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't probably gonna have seven seconds to just say, okay, AJ Brown I'll give you seven seconds, and you, you'll he'll shake off anybody, right? And what happened in that game that Johnson played a well, bomb, but it's still you. It's AJ Brown, and you got a good quarterback with a lot of time to throw. That this is going to, I think, be a more representative test and give us a better idea of where it is for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I certainly want Jalen Johnson to re-sign with the Bears. Um, yeah. It will be very interesting to see how negotiations go between polls and him as far as bringing him back in the fold and keeping him uh, because you're right polls so far has demonstrated this is what we see as your value um it, you know uh if if you're you know getting a, a much better uh deal from elsewhere we 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 can see that and we you know we wish you well now. It, it certainly seemed uh, with Roquan Smith. The way I understand it, um, from what I read from Brad Biggs, was that he he made him a hundred million dollar offer. It was just that there was caveats in it that he didn't like. Right. Um, so, uh, and they were performance related. Um, right. and now he ended up getting his hundred million dollars, yep. and we'll have to see uh, whether uh, you know how well that plays out for for Baltimore. However it plays out, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. it, you, you, you have the player, you don't. And once you don't, they move on. But at the same time, I feel like uh, polls also flipped around and brought in two guys for only a little bit more money than, <laughs> uh, than, than it would have cost to, to, to keep Smith. And he brought in two guys for the okay. price of one. So you know it, that's a you know that's another thing. How uh, how is he responding when he when he is presented with those situations? Because he certainly strikes me as the kind of man that was like, okay, I need to be looking now at what I will do as an alternative to keeping Roquan Smith, because that was a problem since last off season, right? Oh yeah. And so, you know, that had, you know, he had time to look at this and start weighing out uh, what, you know, how this might affect the team for the future. This, it certainly didn't come across to me like a snap decision. Oh, well, he doesn't want to sign. I'm just going to get rid of the guy, you know? Right. That's so it. his responses seem very measured, which to me is amazing and awesome. So, uh, but uh, yeah. You know, it's, um, I think I think we have, I think we get a guy that, so you're So you saying that you think maybe that Komet is the best one or maybe that Johnson might get the re-sign?
1: I think Komet is likely, but only because the Johnson stuff seems kind of like the Jenkins stuff, that there's always something. Like, Jenkins, like, Johnson kind of seems like Jenkins. There always seems like there's something going on that you don't really know. You know, I think Jalen Johnson didn't show up to many Look at
0: the attitude difference between Jenkins last year and Jenkins this year.
1: Right. But, I mean, I think, I think really out of all of them, you probably want to sign Johnson if you're convinced he's a number one cornerback because that's the most precious position out of those three. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like Kmet is Kmet's young and he's ascending. We already kind of know that he's a favorite of Fields. Uh, Mooney, if it wasn't for the injury, and he's the contract's reasonable, you know, it's it's always the contract reasonable. If Mooney was saying, "Oh, I want to get,"
0: Mooney's going to have to play. He, right. I, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that the injury happened, but that happens all the time in the NFL, and you know, he's he's going to have to play the the year to see what to see what his market is.
1: And I think the I think the good thing is if. All three of those guys, and I think what Claypool Claypool's up for it too, right? That, Claypool four, too,
0: yeah.
1: All four of those guys are worth that we, you know, are, are worth keeping, um, and are that important. We have the money to do it. That's
0: so, the other part. So that um, was, you know, when you were talking about that, um, you know, and, and that's one of the things I, I was thinking to myself when you when you were talking about that was that that part of it will work itself out, right? you know i mean right now we the, the team is very flush right but at the same time there's a lot of big stuff right on the horizon and the biggest one of all is number 1 right cuz if he's playing the way that you and i are hoping he's playing he's 30 million a year <laughs> right, right. So, so but um yeah all four of those guys are i feel have played well enough Um, The biggest question mark would be Claypool right now. But I feel like all four of those guys have definitely shown that they are deserving of a second deal. So, um, well, uh, any final thoughts, Chris?
1: Uh, Just really excited that uh, the the, what the downtime (laughs) (laughs) downtime is almost done. So uh, excited. That's crazy, right? Reading all the training camp stuff and all that and get in there and hopefully uh, get a chance to plan my trip out to Oxcart there too. <laughs> Sooner than later, that is the plan.
0: Is it? Is it the 22nd that is the first day of training camp?
1: I think that sounds...
0: It sounds early to me, but I remember I, reading it and I was like, God, that sounds early, but...
1: I, from what I've... I, I know most start are starting about the 24th. Okay,
0: so you know that's probably pretty close. Yeah.
1: If it, you know, and it might be weekend. You know, if it's not Sat, Friday, Saturday, it's probably you know probably Monday for sure. Yeah.
0: So. So. Um. Anyway. Uh. Well. Thanks. Uh. For definitely coming on the show. Uh, appreciate it. Um. We'll. Uh. Of course. Talk to you soon. And once we get. Uh, it'll. It'll be interesting to see how the news comes out of training camp. Um. I'm really excited to see how the offensive line continues to work. Uh but the defensive line also uh should generate some serious interest cuz like you said, you know, that's throwing a lot of guys in there to see what floats to the top.
1: Oh yeah. Oh. Actually two other thoughts. One, thank you even though you waited till, till the podcast was almost over, you did give me some Tyson bait. <laughs> thank you and Jim, for that. And two, though, you forgot that right before that morning, I texted you and said, do you guys think that there's any chance Houston would trade up from 12 to three to get both um, uh, Stroud and Anderson? <laughs> 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 and I just threw it out there more, whatever, and then it wound up happening. So I think I had it reversed as far as who went where, but that was exciting. That was, I know we'd get that was crazy. Yeah, and then uh and happy birthday jim yep and uh bear down all right Thanks, bear down bear down